0: It's time for the com radio show. com radio <coughs> is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 17th day of December 2014. We're here with uh, our co-host, Jay Basser and Berta Simmons. And stretch your technician. Now, stretch, he's, he's out of Arkansas down there. But he's going to keep an eye on the technical side of this thing. Pretty technical. So, we got to have a good technician. Uh, John, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing pretty well in this frozen state of mind. How you doing,
1: Gerald? <laughs> it's kind of chill here, too. And imagine it's pretty chilly up there where Bernard's at. Uh, I
0: got some good news.
2: Oh,
0: D. Yeah. For you people that have a cabin fever already, like a lot of us do, uh, today's the 17th. So the 20th is the shortest day of the year. So the 21st, the days start getting longer again. Yeah, that's great. So that's yeah. So that's one good aspect, and we're uh, seven days away from Christmas Eve. Santa Claus be flying around the world trying to climb down the chimney, so don't shoot
2: him. Oh my! (laughs) lands. set up duck
0: blinds around here. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were going to do a show today and discuss uh, the main focus point of any VA claim, and that's evidence. And. Looking at the records and the information and the history of had it seems like the biggest one of the biggest problems that we have in a, in, a, in, in the claim process, especially for a veteran that's got a claim submitted, is the VA actually looking at the evidence. And uh, I see a lot of cases where a veteran wins his case, and uh, you know years later down the road, using the same evidence he already submitted. so I'm just trying to put together a point, explain what they look at and how to make them look at it, if there's any ideas and pointers out there, and, uh, you know, because things have changed over the last couple of years. Now, your evidence goes to an evidence, I guess it's an induction center, there's two of them. you got one east and one west. I think the one in in the east is in Georgia, and the one in west, I, I forget where they said it was, but you send your evidence, everything goes there. I don't know if they get it, in a it computer to make a, a computer file or whoops. that seems seems to be part of the course of what they do. Bertie, you know anything think about that new process?
3: Uh, due process regarding evidence?
0: Yeah, when you send your claim, submit your stuff. Uh,
3: well, uh, all I rely on, uh, I don't um, rely too much on what due processes <laughs> come to mean with the VA. Uh but I do rely on uh thirty eight T F R four point six. Uh and it's a brief regulation and uh of course I've been griping a lot about it it had it in the last few years, uh uh because uh my position was that uh veterans could get VA to Q themselves. The problem with that is it's a regulation I made up, but it's been working for me and uh it worked for uh one or two of our other vets that had it. Uh, 4.6, uh, this regulation is golden, and I think it's the most important one we have, and it, it should fall under the heading of due process, um, mm-hmm. it's uh, regarding evaluation of evidence, I'm going to read it, it's very brief, and it's dynamite, uh, it states, uh, the element of the way to be the character, oh, I'm, I'm reading um, the wrong part, there, there's, there's, only two sentences to it. Every element in any way affecting the probative value to be assigned to the evidence in each individual claim must be thoroughly and conscientiously studied by each member of the rating board in light of the established policies of the Department of Veterans Affairs to the end that decisions will be equitable and just as contemplated by the requirements of the law. Now, the key word in that sentence is probative, and the next key phrase is every element so in other words, every element that is probative to a claim uh must be thoroughly and conscientiously studied by the v a do they do that? No, I've been victimized by that uh their their inability to apply that law that regulation uh I've been victimized many times, but um But that's okay, because uh, I'll get them under 4.6 in the long run anyhow. But one important, like I said, the most important word there is probative. Uh, It has to be evidence that directly shines value onto the weight that they give the claim. I've seen, uh, for example, I've seen buddy statements that are rejected, well, okay. and the VA might say, "Well, it's not probative if they weren't in your unit, da da da, this and that." But if the veteran turns around and gets another buddy statement, it could not only maybe corroborate the other one because you know units were in support of each other, uh, but it would raise that level of the evidence to the probative value. Uh, they make judgment calls, John, all the time on probative value. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll skim over lay statements that might contain a lot of probative evidence, uh, but still they're lay statements. Uh, Or in my case, um, uh, (laughs) I can't believe how they did this, but they did it. Uh, They rejected, um, they they ignored 12 submissions of my husband's autopsy. They never opined on it in any way at all. It was highly probative to uh, two of my last claims. Uh, by the time I got to the board, of course, the uh, board read all my evidence. Uh, mm-hmm. That is probative evidence. If I knew more at the time about the law, I would have asked them right away to cue themselves on the decision. Uh, also, they uh, the regional office ignored uh, $4,000 of my medical opinions. And I even had a service officer who claims that he handed them to the drow Uh, I got a double drug review, and they still do not appear as evidence. If your evidence falls into the category of probative, meaning that it is highly meaningful to enhance the claim, and if the VA does not list it as evidence, it means that they didn't consider it at all, and that is a clear and unmistakable error because they have violated 38 CFR 4.6.
2: And, and
3: John, they do have more... uh, you know, they probably do it more often than we think. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot. And claims are emotional. I, I, I mean, I remember in 1996 getting one of my denials. And, um, honest to gosh, it, it was the lowest day, uh, I think of my life since my husband had died because of what they said in the denial. And it took me a while to calm down. And, um, well, it took me, well, I, I didn't calm down, by the way. I called the CMP doctor. And then I Ooh. found out why he had made a statement in there that caused the denial. He didn't have my husband's autopsy. And when he found out that there was an autopsy, he was furious uh, because they had withheld from him a CMP doctor probative evidence.
0: The autopsy was in the hands of the regional office, and they did not send it to the doctor for the exam. That's right.
3: that's right. That's right. Uh and that's in my that's testimony to the uh, that's uh during travel date. Uh that's I, I mean prefer-
2: quite,
3: I that's mean I mean quite distinct about it. And when I think about it now, uh I could have filed the same type of claim I've been filing under uh four point six because they defied the regulation. I had an element that affected the probative value of my claim, an autopsy.
0: A journal, I've got a question for you. Who determines what's probative and not? Is that what you're asking, Drew?
3: Well, um, well, the VA weighs evidence, and, of course, they own the scale, and I always think of blind justice with the two scales, and they often kick her in the knee, you know, so that <laughs> one side of the scale falls way low and the other side goes up in their favor. Uh, but then again, uh, probative evidence Relies on medical evidence most of the time, sure. and if you have a uh, an IMO an independent medical opinion that is done in the proper way, in the criteria VA is familiar with, uh, it, it will weigh the scale. It will balance the scale. I mean, we don't have to go beyond balancing the scale for relative equitable and that's when benefit of doubt kicks in. Well, so uh, have you any rid- independent, pardon me. Go ahead, John.
0: When you read four point six little ago, uh it brought to mind that uh it needs to be updated to the current uh, current standards in uh, the actual nomenclature and the actual wording needs to remain the same as far as evidence. But what needs to change is where it states that the rating board will look at. There's no longer a rating board and it needs to change to the rating personnel because it might give them an out because that record that that was written back when they had the old rating boards and you got your denials because uh, uh, your claim was not well-grounded before the VCAA back in 2000.
3: You remember those days, right?
0: So that should be looked Uh, at. A lot of
3: those things probably were well-grounded at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then again, on the other hand, without the VCAA, a lot of veterans would not even know what evidence to send in. Uh, uh, My first claim was in 1981. Uh, I had lost an Army husband because of a brain tumor. Uh, The VVA told me to go to see one of the service officers. Uh, He wrote one sentence on the claim form (coughs) and never explained to me that I would have to support that claim with medical evidence. And... um, You know, and, and of course, I lost the claim. And when I think back, uh, the surgeon at the time did make a statement in the medical records that could have helped that claim to be awarded. Mm -hmm. But then again, uh, I didn't know any better. Uh, And and I never fought back over it at all. And... um, but uh, maybe it was denied because they said it was not well grounded. That must have been the reason, John. It was nineteen eighty nine. Well,
0: that was their. That was our, uh, their. That was their. Cop for everything back then.
3: Yeah. It was That, that was a, yeah. a mantra. Yeah. But so, the VCAA horrible. act it changed everything. But then again, yeah. it also prompted uh so many remains that that's part of why we have the backlog today, and they are still violating the VCAA. They don't mm-hmm. do it as much, but uh, we had a widow uh, about two months ago, uh, I forget which widow it was, um, who uh, told us what her VCAA letter said, and it was deficient. And right there, I told her, get a service officer and see if they can fight to get that changed. Widows' and widowers' letters are different than the regular VCAA letter under Pellegrino. Uh, mm-hmm. Our our letters have to go under the HUP decision. Uh, I have never gotten a valid BCAA letter, John, <laughs> and I've been a that multiple times.
0: I've got several of them, but I've told them down each time.
3: So, yeah. Well, if they're but, uh, done properly, they are telling the VA, and they're locking themselves into what they say on paper. They are telling the the veteran exactly what the evidence has to be. And if well, a veteran we, can we, take the time to do the like work, to get that evidence, uh, they will eventually succeed if it supports the claim. Um well, you know, and we, they and they can't come here, up with something different. <laughs> now we're we're here, uh,
1: if you have a buddy statement that uh that can be classified as proverbial if it has uh, where they witnessed uh, uh medical uh,
3: something new with medical. Uh, well it it should be uh considered as, as good evidence, uh Gerald. Uh buddy statements, so I've written a few uh, articles that had it on them. Um buddies you know, they have to testify and someone suggested that they file a, an actual affidavit I thought that was a great idea. A buddy has to be... Is good, yes.
1: I, I would prefer yeah. an affidavit. Break. And
3: uh, if they're not in your unit, and it, it, it's problematic. But if they were in support of your unit and whatever they did put them at the same time and place yeah. to personally witness the event that caused you a disability, that's a logical buddy statement. Uh, the VA will call up or email buddies. Um, oh, you yeah, don't have personal contact. Huh?
0: Look at Robert. Look at Roberts.
3: Oh, I was thinking about him uh, this morning um, yeah. when I saw that evidence was going to DR ER, uh, traffic. I'm always on the fence about the uh, Keith Roberts th- situation.
0: You know, see, we think uh, those I- statements. You know, we think buddy statements are good for your claim, especially if somebody actually witnessed an event or an issue that happened to you in service and they remember it and you can write it down as to, mm-hmm. as to what they saw and how it happened. But the yeah. VA doesn't call it buddy statements. They call it lay evidence. So does that mean yeah. they can lay the evidence aside and go on something else or what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Why>?
2: Well, <laughs> I
1: think it's a cop-out for the VA because... Although it, uh, lay evidence can be is is good, like you say if the individual was there and actually witnessed
3: uh absolutely certain things. Hmm.
0: yeah
3: uh, here's I my strongest st-
0: here's my strongest advice for any veteran even comp- even even complimenting or even wanting to file a claim. you know you're going to file a claim and you've got an issue you go to your v a doctor any doctor except for a mental health issue, uh, for any physical issue, when you go to your doctor, you take that DBQ form, and you have them fill it out for your issue. You submit that with your with, with your information and your evidence. It's very important.
3: Yeah, yeah you know. it sure is. Uh, but now uh,
0: the, biggest, I, oh, the biggest hurdle to overcome the VA is your medical nexus. Even if you've got stone, ironclad, in concrete proof that this event happened to you in service, you have to have someone to say that your current condition and your current injury is part of that issue. And it has to be written in such a way that it's undebatable. Because believe me, those folks in those regional offices don't know what undebatable is. They debate everything. Interpretation.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they have their own interpretation, bear in mind that. Uh, so yeah, they got have got to have such a format that their interpretation can only be one thing, and that's the yeah. correct thing.
0: It shouldn't uh, be this hard, folks, but it is.
3: Yeah. One thing about uh, lay evidence, too, John, uh, family members can submit lay evidence. Um but, of course, the VA is already going to consider that this is a biased person, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. giving lay evidence. But on the other hand, uh, uh, I've submitted lay evidence uh, numerous times uh, from my husband's claims that he had in his lifetime, but I bore it out with facts from the medical record, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, When I won the Nehmer uh, Q claim, uh, and then they awarded the HB uh, housebound, as well as 20 years after the fact they finally awarded 1151 for his 100% stroke uh I had given them uh lay evidence that he was housebound but it was all borne out by fact in his records uh even letters from your family
0: you know even letters from your family help
3: yeah yeah yeah
0: let me give you a little tidbit uh I want to give a shout out to Dr. Craig Bash folks uh Last week, I uh, forget the date, but uh, Dr. Bash and uh, John Dorley attended a hearing in a regional office for a veteran. Flew all the way oh, into Kentucky, yeah. Berta. And uh,
2: mm.
0: this veteran is an elderly veteran. Uh, he's a World War II vet. And the VA had been in Shanghai him for years over a t- tuberculosis claim. And... Uh, huh. So they get all the information together and get inside the hearing. And the veterans got two important folks with him. That's his daughters. He's, and uh, one's a RN, one's a LPN.
3: Oh. <laughs> 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 I think they talked about this on the show, or maybe I talked to mm. Bass on the phone about it. Oh, good. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so think got- I. You got Doctor Bash and RN and LPN, and with John Doyle
0: there, too. John was on the phone. Oh. <laughs> he led the whole thing from a speakerphone.
3: Oh my gosh, it's pretty cool. But uh,
0: <laughs> Doctor Bash really did a good job. I'm, I'm waiting on the transcripts now of it, but uh, it seems that things might start happening in this case because it was been it's been years and years. Of uh, hiding behind trees. Boy, we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, and this uh, this case
1: so, here will go back a long way,
3: won't it, John?
0: Uh, yes, it will. Yes,
3: oh, it'll go back boy, a long, long way. Oh uh, boy, that's wonderful. I I think they said they'd be willing to discuss it after it's over uh, because they were pretty excited about the hearing. Yeah, you well, know, I can hear their enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, we'll okay. discuss it because that's my <laughs> that's my grandfather's case.
3: Oh. Oh. Oh, really, John? Yeah. It's your See, grandfather's
0: what ha- case. What happened was, oh.
3: uh...
2: Oh, was I,
0: I wasn't as close as I should have been. Of course, I've been busy, you know, in the last several years, running back and forth across the country with my son, and, uh, I visited one day. We got to talking to him. It was one of, one of his good days. And, uh... He explained that he was only 30% service connected, and I said, say what? So oh. uh, we got everything to, we got everything together, and I started looking, and I said, this ain't right. You know, and they had all these DSOs helping them for the years, and folks, it was a mess. One of the biggest messes oh. I've ever seen.
3: Oh. And uh, so
0: I said, "There's only one way we can win this. So I got the information together, and we sent it over to some folks, and they looked at it, and they jumped on it, so... That was an issue. Uh, they're pretty slick issuing their denials. They uh, tried to discredit Doctor Bash on the evidence, saying that he was a more or less treated him like a lay person because he didn't examine the patient. He was an IME or O what they call it. So what happened was we changed that IMO into an IME, was an examination. He came in and. Sit down with a veteran and talked to him and examined him and wrote a secondary. And then uh, they got the denial letter, and it just, I guess it left a bad taste because they said, okay, we're going after this one. <laughs> so we'll see what happens in the near future, we'll do a show on it. So they treated that evidence. Even Dr. Bash's evidence is a lay statement. They tried to discredit. He wouldn't be a lay person. Yeah. They tried to discredit anything.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, they weren't okay. going to accept his credentials.
0: Remember, this is non-adversarial, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I hear
1: you. Uh, that's uh, that's just unreal. Unreal yeah. what you run into dealing with the VA, and they're supposed to.
0: That's them big tank teeth to keep the tanks from coming in.
2: Sure.
0: <laughs> but Berta, evidence wins claims, doesn't it?
1: Oh, Berta, uh, Berta her, her phone quit or something.
0: No, well, she dropped that.
1: Uh, yeah, she dropped. Uh, mm. she'll, probably, she'll probably, I'm sure she'll call back. Uh, but, anyway, that's... Uh, It's horrible, by the way, the VA does. Why don't they assist veterans uh, with their claims instead of doing what they do? Uh,
0: You know, I see things improving, Joe. I don't know why, but I do see things improving. I do see improvement. I do see improvement. I see improvement on the claims that should be awarded that are, you know, no-brainers. Um, you know, folks are getting awarded pretty quick. Yeah. If you've got any level of complexity in your claim, any level at all, it's going to take you longer.
3: You're right. And You're right, John. You're right. A, you lot know, of, uh, a lot of
0: these cases, they just don't want to make a decision. You know, they're afraid to make a decision. So I guess they want you to go to the BVA if the BVA decided. I don't know. That's the way I feel.
3: Well, that's how I feel, too, because uh – uh it's very easy to sit there, read a claim, and deny it, and, you know, either the veteran will appeal or not, but, but one thing for sure, that you now get it off your desk. You know, and then yeah. you don't have to worry about that claim for two or three more years unless it's remanded back, and if it gets remanded back, it's probably going to be handled by somebody else anyhow. So to yeah, me, denial, it's denials.
0: Once it's denied, it goes off the record, it's, complete, it's it, to them it's completed.
3: Yeah, yeah, they're done with it. Uh, The fact that they ignored evidence or uh, didn't apply uh, law correctly means, uh, at that point, nothing to the VA. And what I don't get is this. uh, It seems like the secretary, you know, he may be using his power to can uh, some of these people that were responsible for these long wait lists. And um, uh, why can't he start canning people who are responsible for basic errors in their claims? I mean, like, it's like last week, it was kind of funny what I said at the board. Uh, according to the BBA, now, I read your annual reports to Congress. The uh, annual report for this year will not be out until next month. But uh, what I've noticed over the years, particularly at my regional office, is that when the Inspector General would go in and inspect claims, they would only inspect maybe 90 to 100 claims. Yes,
2: yeah, for And sure. my...
3: Huh?
0: It's a quote yeah. assurance thing. That's percentage-based. They don't do yeah. everything. They don't.
3: And, and they're consistently finding at my regional office a 16% error rate, and that mm. seems to be the national average error rate for what I've been reading over the years uh, in these uh, BBA uh, annual reports. And I made a joke and had it. I said everybody that went to McDonald's ordered a Big Mac, but they got a 16% of them, got a fish sandwich instead. Uh, this would be an, a, a national uproar. And to me, that's saying that 16% of most claimants are getting a fish sandwich instead of a Mac. In other words, there is a known error rate, and 16% is pretty high. And that's me out of 90 to 100% of the claims that the, the Inspector General works at. Now, and I wonder who's. Huh? Good
0: question there. When they go into a regional office to look at this stuff, I wonder if they pick their own claims or are those claims provided by the regional officer for them to look at? That's a good
3: no question. A uh, I have no are. idea. I have no idea. They've also found that a lot of uh, temporary 100% disabilities that should be uh, have been proposed to reduce were not being handled properly. That surprised me because the VA is very quick to Say, hey, we made a clear and unmistakable error in your 100% award, and because of that, we have proposed to reduce you. Well,
0: actually, and, you know, that's the way it should I, be, though. I mean, for example, if you've got a veteran who's got a temporary 100% disability based on, I guess, convalescence or surgery, well, yeah, it should be. I well, mean, yeah. they should reevaluate it after a certain amount of time and, and, get, and apply the proper rating. So that's basically, that's on the phone of the VA because there is computerized codes they put in there that triggers a, that rig exams
3: Yeah, and in that situation, I can understand it, John. But, uh, you know, I don't see it as often as I used to, but I, I would say 10 or 15 years ago, it seemed like they were arbitrarily sending out reduction letters to mm-hmm. PTSD veterans at oh, 100%. Yeah. And the chances that a veteran with 100% PTSD, the chances that they're going to be cured or get better is, is pretty cool. remote. And that as they fun. age and, and get, you know, incur other disabilities, the chances mm-hmm. are, are good that that PTSD is going to be aggravated beyond 100% rating, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it's just kind of um, ridiculous. But, uh I contact with the station, and I had a call back in, and I missed something that you're saying, uh, saying, which in a way I do agree with. You you say that you have seen some improvement.
0: I've seen some improvement in slam dunks and things like that and claims yeah. that yeah. people are getting awarded. You see it, on had it a lot more and more, you know, people are getting awards yeah. for this now, and that, they're getting 30% for whatever. But I've explained, if you have any complexity in your claim at all, then it's a different, it's a whole different ball game. And I think the full developed claims process is really responsible for a lot of the success, and uh, you know that shows that the veterans are more educated and they're listening to folks and they're coming on to hat in places and learning the system and learning how yeah. to do their claims. Plus, they're getting yeah. good help, you know, and uh, that's that's the yeah. issue. They are I mean, uh, John, and
3: I think that that it's it, that if you've seen improvement with VA, which I do too. Uh, I think that uh, we should pat ourselves on the back because I think a lot of that improvement is coming from veterans getting educated. Uh, They may never join our site, but we get a lot of people reading as guests every day. And every once in a while I check uh, the, um, oh, I forget what it's called, where you can see what guests are reading, the subject Mm -hmm. matter. And, uh, it, it, it's phenomenal to me because they are getting stuff that, that comes from maybe older posts, uh, and hopefully they're getting current information from that post. And people are uh, going back years. Yeah, and it's pretty exciting to see that. Um, like you say, veterans are better educated. If they can Google how uh, and get on our site, they can also do a lot of googling and yahooing and searching for the evidence they need. And uh, I think the Internet is... I used to call it our greatest weapon. I I hate to call it a weapon, but we have to combat denials, and we need weapons. Oh, that's the greatest resource.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's allowed doctors like uh, Dr. Bash, IMO doctors, to be able to have websites and their test stories, uh...
0: Well, just like technology now, the cell phone has taken the home phone and just about made it a dinosaur. The internet might make libraries the same thing. What do you think about that, Joe?
1: Well, I wouldn't like it. I like books. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I like the libraries. Uh, I think they're a good source for research. But you are, you are right. Uh, the internet is uh, replacing. A lot of that, and a lot of books, and uh, I don't know. I like to read things in a book. I like a book yeah. better than I do. Uh, books are
2: good.
1: But uh, this day and age, if you're doing research such as uh, to assist you in the claims process, dealing with the BA, uh, the
0: I guess we've got some bad connections on the show today, folks. Uh, i have to get them back. Um, stretch, you still on?
1: I'll uh, be right back. We'll take this time and listen to a commercial.
2: There you go.
0: This is Jay Bassler, one of the hosts for Had it Veterans Radio and the Ask Bassler Show. I wanted to pass along an important message to the members of Had It. HADDIT has kicked off a fund HADDIT campaign. HADDIT has been helping veterans navigate the VMA since 1997. HADDIT's owner, t needs your help. The expense of running a big site like HADDIT is steadily increasing, while the operating revenues have been decreasing. For these reasons, HADDIT has kicked off the fund-hadit campaign. Remember, HADDIT is not a non organization. Please give what you can as no amount is too small. Your support is greatly appreciated. Help us to keep it around, because without it, where would our veterans be? Personally, I'd be still stuck in the VA quicksand. Just click on the fun it button on the forum page to support com. Thank you. Jay Basher. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. That's technical difficulties on this. Uh, anytime you put a show like this together, you've got so much- calling in, sometimes you're at the mercy of the phones. So, uh, we'll continue here when everybody gets back in, but, uh, we were discussing evidence, and, uh, you know, evidence wins claims. And the amount of evidence that you turn in to the VA, you know, that's probative, that's directly related to your claims, that win- is the tool that wins your claim. Uh, you send your evidence into the VA, and then uh, the VA will get you a nexus and try to, uh, Try to give your you know give give your status on your claim, but well, evidence wins respect. claims.
3: And, uh, uh, guys, I was uh, cut off twice. I don't know. I don't okay. know why uh, that happened. Um, that's okay. And we're I still was, going it was, written Huh. We're well, still uh, going. Uh, that's actually, okay. keep going, bro. Uh, oh, okay. I, I was just going to bring up what I was talking about before I cut off, and then I'm going to get offline because. Um, uh, I I don't know why my phone is doing that. It never did that before. I uh, wanted like to Gerald too, so. go ahead. Huh?
0: We lost Gerald too, so it's probably it's probably not you. Keep going.
3: <laughs> it happened to Gerald too. Yeah. Gee, oh, then we we can blame Blog Radio. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah. That
3: never happened to me before. But I wanted to say something real quick, and then I think I better get going anyhow because. Uh, I had some farm business at about quarter of eleven uh, here on East Co- um, in New York. Uh, we were discussing uh, the Clements uh, decision, uh, and it came. Uh, we had a situation there that I felt that Clemens v. Shinsaki uh, would be a, a a good point on appeal that the uh, veteran or his wife could use if he's denied again by the VA, it regarded a PTSD claim, uh, and I just wanted to make the point why that's so important. And uh, I I linked from a veteran's lawyer site. They said that in Clemens, the veterans claim only alleged to PTSD. He claimed PTSD and nothing else. Uh, However, submitted with this claim were medical records reflecting diagnosis of anxiety disorder and schizoid disorder. The question before the court was whether the submission encompass not only a claim for service-connected PTSD, but also claims to service-connected anxiety and schizoid disorder. The court held that the submission included claims for all three disorders, and this was the court's rationale. Although the appellant's claim identifies PTSD without more, it cannot be a claim limited only to that diagnosis but must be considered a claim for any mental disability that may reasonably be encompassed by several factors, including the claimant's description of the claim, the sentence the claimant described, and the information the claimant submits that the secretary obtains in support of the claim. Reasonably, the claimant did not file a claim to receive benefits for only a particular diagnosis, but for the affliction, his mental condition, whatever that is, caused him. Now, that's an excerpt from uh, Clemens. And the only point I wanted to make is, uh, uh, we do have a a claim that had it, we've we've had more than one uh, in this respect, who have locked themselves into claiming PTSD when the reality is, they may have a completely different mental disorder that is still attributable to their service. And uh, I've been reading the situation for, for weeks now uh, from the veteran's uh, wife and uh, combat veteran, they conceded his stressors but they said he does not have PTSD and yes. she said they denied on that basis. So I've asked her to post the decision because there's a lot more to that decision and it hit me this morning that I should tell her to, oh I did, I did tell her to raise clements. But I don't know if she understood the point I was making. The veteran obviously had the mental disability, uh, John. Uh and he yeah, combat that Vietnam. If he, 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 you know, he, huh? he
0: pinpoint if he pinpointed a disability and you filed directly for PTSD that's yeah. certainly people folks need to be aware of something. The VA will split apples and split hairs with you, okay. If you yeah. ask for a disability they're gonna they're gonna to stick to that disability. You need to yes. put a mental health disorder. You don't need to file for PTSD. A
3: yeah, mental health and disorder never,
0: covers a gambit.
3: Yeah,
2: you're right, John.
3: Because, yeah, they, they they denied a lot of PTSD <clears throat> claims on, on that type of basis. And okay. Clemens is not that old. It, it was be Shinteki. But I keep forgetting about the fact that they do have to... Um, uh, well, one thing in the court decision, too, and in a few analysis of, of the case online... It's true. Let's face it. A veteran, I mean, when my husband went to the VA in Newark, he went there to get a business loan. He came out with a PTSD diagnosis on the same day. He didn't even know what PTSD was. Uh, right.
0: Now, I was noticing also that the veteran on it you were talking about, uh, yeah. this person's a combat Vietnam veteran. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Then what in the, uh, excuse my language, hell? Is the VA saying we verified your stressor? Because if you're a combat veteran, your stressor is your stressor is your combat. That's an automatic. Right. They shouldn't have to verify that at all.
3: Right. So that I tells me that. they're
0: looking to they're looking to deny that claim anyway.
3: Yeah. Well, when uh, when it was presented at first online with his stressors uh, that he related to a CMD doctor, uh, I've been. Uh, Around combat vets for thirty years, I didn't consider any of them to be stressors that the VA would uh, concede without a lot of proof. Uh, however, got a I combat,
0: guess, if you got a CAB, that uh, you don't have to you don't you don't have to prove your stressor burden.
3: No, no. Although they, I, I found one the other day at the board. He had a CIB, and they uh, denied him for PTSD. It's it, it was that was a crazy case, and I forget how what well, was on remand.
0: They were saying he didn't have a diagnosis of PTSD, right? There's something he's got a He's got something else.
3: Uh, yeah, and um, they they've locked themselves into a dateline uh, on two. There's a little bit more to it, and I asked to see uh, if they could attach the recent denial, uh, and that was a few days able, ago. That uh,
0: they need, they need to amend was, that claim.
3: Yeah, there's a, a lot, and I think there's a lot more to it uh, than than we know. Um, they need to grab an attorney. Uh, yeah, probably. And uh, and now i realize realized that I don't want to say too much about it on the air because
2: mm-hmm.
3: I brought it up and it's not too fair. Uh, we're dealing with a wife and not, not the, the combat veteran. That's and, okay. Um, you know, but... Well. Uh it was very unusual, but they block, i think they blocked themselves into a timeline on that as well uh, oh, okay. but in any event, I think Clemens will help them um get it recharacterized i mean they've got to um uh do something uh, with this veteran if they've competed as stressors
0: okay folks you see uh, what she's done there she, okay this this lady is uh she knows what she's doing now if you've got a claim out there and there's a court case that supports something that you're doing, by all means, utilize that court case. But court court cases are precedent-setting.
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, And the VA in M21, John, will cite court cases. And uh, I like to use M21 as much as regulations when I file a claim in support (laughs) of my position. And M21, I mean, they'll cite cases right there, uh, that you can go to and say, hey, yeah, that applies to exactly my point. So you can make your statement and then give them, uh, you know, list the evidence, that you're including, and then cite the specific court case and even give an excerpt of it for the price to claim. And that's exactly. the stuff the regional office does not want the board to see. <laughs>
2: you
3: know? they, because well, yeah. that's something, you know, they've got to look at that again oh, that's this claimant's citing a court case. I better be a little bit more careful here. You know what I mean? I do it all the time on my claim. They'll
0: they'll cite a court case in their favor in a hurry. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, I think think it makes a tremendous difference. Uh, Of course, court cases are specific to the claimant that they were written for. But if it's a precedent-setting case, that opinion... Mm -hmm. it it's held by the court, and the v a has to honor it. Right. You know they can't say, well, the court said this and that, but it, you, we're not gonna, well, not the, biggest gonna one, it. the biggest
0: one the biggest one the biggest one in history is Beverly niemer
3: yes yes uh yeah i I would certainly agree with that one john that was the biggie that yeah. was that that was, that,
0: one, that was the biggest one, you know, and there's a, there'll be more in the future that'll take over that you know to help out.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gardner V. Jurensky was big, too. Uh, uh, Gardner V. um was, um, oh, filed before 1995. I don't know the Five. exact date. And up until that point, a veteran could claim Section 1151 uh, negligence without proving much to the VA as far as negligence, was concerned. Uh, after Gardner, and I forget, it's been so long. Uh, one reason my 1151 claim took three years is that I ended up being in the moratorium where all 1151 claims they put on hold immediately to see the outcome of Gardner. And uh, Gardner, um, uh, he had proved negligence uh, in his claim anyhow, but it, it raised a standard for claimants like me proving the malpractice. But that's okay, because I had already, you know, given them the evidence of malpractice. But it's one reason they held up my uh, case. And there's been notable cases over the years that have been um, enormous, enormous. I don't remember the CABC case for Keith Roberts, Mm -hmm. but obviously it went beyond the CABC.
0: It went to the Federal Appeals Court.
3: Yeah, and that was based on some federal, I guess, prosecutors claiming that he had lied about the circumstances of his PTSD claim, although he had buddy statements, Mm -hmm. and years after the fact, apparently the feds contacted the buddies, and they gave a completely different story. I mean, how does that happen?
0: Uh, There was a... There was a show we did with Bob uh, some time ago, and he explained the whole thing to us about the Roberts case.
3: Yeah, and, he's did expert uh, was, on it, yeah. it was a he tricky deal gonna... anyway. Uh, was, it it uh, was. Uh, I kind of feel, and I've been, always been on the fence about those buddy statements, uh, because I remember reading the CABC case, but I don't recall what it said. But what bothered me the most, John, was that I felt that the VA... Uh, decided to make him um, the benchmark don't commit PTSD fraud case. You know what I mean? And I think all, the attempt was to scare all veterans with PTSD. And I don't yeah, think it was, it, you know, I think it failed because if you don't, if you can't prove your stressors and they're asking for proof, you're not going to get an award. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and and so, I mean, I've been working with PTSD vets for 30 years. Uh, I've met wannabes. I've had people come sit in my house and tell me a story that was a cross of crap. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, years ago believing the veteran, you know, always giving them better the of the doubt, which I try to do. But uh there are wannabes out there that will try to manipulate people into um supporting a claim that has no basis whatsoever. You know, and you can't do that. You you can't. I mean, I was even, yeah, and I've heard some pretty wild stuff. I was even asked by a veteran uh, for a buddy statement uh, on a Navy uh, ship, an episode that he was involved in. And it happened during the time frame when we're not on Navy ships. (laughs) And, and of course, I'm a civilian, (laughs) so (laughs) he, he literally wanted me to lie. Uh, mm-hmm. on paper and send it to the VA. And uh, I've only met a few people like that in 30 years, John, but uh, uh, and these are people that uh, their claim will go through the system year after year, it'll hold up everything else. Uh, sometimes the board will bend over backwards trying to find evidence to support their their claim, and it just doesn't work that way. And um, But on the other hand, uh, uh, one of my first um, wannabes, uh, Taught me a lot. Taught me a lot. Oh, uh,
0: right. What is
3: and what isn't.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Taught you screen people.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I realized uh, how um, his his story seemed probable, but in the final analysis, uh, it was uh, impossible. But, you, you know, you never know, though, John. You never know. And I, I tried to, to help him...
0: You have to look at it this way, Berta. I mean, it's, it's something that I've been using for years. People are people. And anytime there's money involved and things like that that's supposedly easy money or, or free money, people are yeah. going to try to devise a way. I mean, it happens. It's, it, that's, this is the main root of cause behind that Phoenix DA scandal was bonus money, mm. free money. It happens in the world. Yeah. I mean, you have people that's trying to get money every day. You got these scammers and and these con artists who try to take your money.
2: Oh, and yeah. the same thing
0: happens within a disability system. People are going to try to play the system and get money that don't deserve it. Uh, yeah. It's not a bad thing for the people that actually deserve it. It does take away from them, but it causes yeah. the system to slow down. It's a roadblock. You know, and the and VA's got to take it- extra steps to... To offset and combat those situations.
3: Yeah, and I think it's it's less than zero one percent of any veteran that's really going to take a chance of lying on a an application for compensation. Yeah, uh, but can... they're out there. Uh, I remember when the uh, Inspector General was reading had it in two thousand and five. Do you remember that, John? Yes, I do. Yeah, and of course they found that we were not in any way, attempting to help veterans shape a bogus PTSD claim. You know, I mean, uh, there was quite a to-do about that. Uh, I just got some interesting news from um, a lawyer who's also a disabled vet who claims that the C&P doctors have their own little website where they are discussing how to uh, not, not diagnose PTSD.
2: That's against federal I, law. I, uh,
3: yeah, uh,
0: that's the same, as as the, you, that's, the same uh, that's the same as having a blacklist. It's the same as a federal blacklist. You know, you put people on yeah. blacklist, keep them getting benefits and stuff. Boy, you know that that website shouldn't be allowed. And if it is, it needs to be brought to the attention of the authorities.
3: Yeah, he gave the link to the site, but and I went to the site, but of course. Uh, there's some way you have to register uh, uh, and get into the site but he said it, it's uh, uh, somebody gave him a tip they said this is for the c doctors at the VA uh, but he gave him his story I was going kind of to post it and had it but I want to look into it a little bit more before I post links to uh, what I'm reading because it's very um, it's very upsetting uh, uh, I hope it isn't true uh mm-hmm, you know, but yeah, but um, but I don't know. But I think the main thing uh, uh, for, about evidence, uh, John. You know, getting back to our topic, uh, every claim is a story. It starts out as a story, and then the VA is often going to tell you, "Well, we don't have enough evidence. You got to prove your story." And when the VA asks for proof, they mean business. Otherwise, you will not win the claim. And um, so, I've noticed a lot of our veterans' This website, boy, they'll get their ducks in, in a row in a heartbeat. You know? Like, mm-hmm. like, like they'll, they'll join, and some of them are at a loss of all the acronyms we use and all. But before you know it, those veterans that are really, you know, on the ball, and they want to get it done right because they see how many problems... They see it right at it, how many problems can occur if you don't do the legwork yourself. And uh, uh, we, sh- we've got some, yeah, we've got some very smart members. I mean, I'm very proud of the site. Uh, you know, and uh, the success stories are, uh, you know, they're a learning experience for everyone. That's
0: true. Let me give a shout out to the active duty folks for still in service. We do these shows to benefit these veterans to you know try to help them to do the right thing on their claims. If you're an active duty person, you make sure that if you had any any inclination to file a claim when you get out of service, make sure you've got your information when you get out. Get copies. Whatever you got to do. If you do that, you're a lot better off.
3: Absolutely. Don't leave the military without those medical records, the SMRs. And contact information from some of the friends that you've made in the military, you never know, John, when they're going to need a body statement. And uh, anybody going through a MAB or P-A, um, they should try and find what they call a Pebble, a, a, uh, a liaison officer, because that can be a miserable experience uh, for a lot of veterans. You know, here they are, being uh, it, it, mustered out on a medical. And uh, they want it to be uh, fair. You know, they want the LOD to be fair. They want the Narsim to be correct. They want the VA to give them the proper rating as a veteran. There's a lot to that. And uh, uh, a lot of that, I wonder if a lot of these active duty men and women have enough Internet uh, uh, access uh, to websites uh, like how it wherever they are.
0: Mm, they should have
3: yeah they should, and I'm also hoping that um uh they can get uh, what would be called uh, something equivalent to a service officer right on their base or where they're stationed to help them uh, uh with these uh M&B processes because yeah, they assuming. can be overwhelming overwhelming yeah, but uh, well
1: wouldn't it be better if if uh, you know they had an ailment or something that they were aware of or an injury? To try to get uh, service connected while they're still in the service.
3: Yeah, well, a lot of them are trying to do that, uh, Gerald. Uh, I know a little bit about the process, but not a lot. Uh, And you're absolutely right. And of course, uh, if they're they're being uh, any beat out, uh, the military is already well aware that they have in-service medical issues. Uh, but I think that in most cases, they can start that VA process, too. And uh, I think the Nars I'm not sure if the nars will give them a rating or not. But uh, uh, if the VA, they would. Uh, <laughs> the- <laughs> yeah, they get some sort of rating. <clears throat> but uh, uh, that would be a good show to have in the future if we could find an expert on how it works. Uh, because I'm sure, as a civilian, I have no idea how that works, and I can give links uh, when we get questions on it, but, uh, but it, it could be very important to do a show on that.
1: We would have That's to so find important. someone that was service-connected while they were still in the service, and then... Yeah. Uh, uh, well,
3: we've got some members that had it uh, that, that have gone through that, you know.
1: Well, then uh, they if would we could have an it. idea.
3: Yeah. It'd be great if we could contact a JAG officer or a peblo uh, because uh, they they should know the nitty gritty. But uh, peblo's—I tried to contact find a few of them for a veteran uh, about a year ago. It had it, and what kept popping up those uh, job openings for peblo's uh, physical evaluation board liaison officers. <laughs> <And> they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying to hire these people, and. Uh, I always say to this friend of mine, he's 32 years military retired. I always say to him, you know, the military and the VA, they were not prepared for OIF OEF. They just were not prepared. They should have PABLOs at every base, I would think, but they don't. They don't. Uh, well, do they
2: know. We'll
0: have Peblos at the, at the remaining bases now pretty soon because there's not going to be very many bases or very many soldiers.
3: Oh, wait, wait, you're right about that. Yeah, John, uh, that's another cause of concern. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a whole two hundred shows right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh,
2: there. Our remaining the aircraft, <laughs> <military. laughs> yeah,
3: boy. That's it's worse than that,
0: it's worse than that. The sequester's have got us in bad trouble right now because of the maintenance on Navy ships. Boy, They're in line to be worked on. Boy, has a lot, lot bigger issue than that. Our readiness is not ready.
3: Boy, so boy, boy. yeah, boy. Yep.
0: So it's not, uh, it's not a pretty sight, folks. No, not pretty no. at all. Yeah, so that's the main line. It's not very good. Not very good at all. I like what you talking about the Pueblo, that was a that was a famous ship. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Oh yeah, I I I always think of the USS Pueblo. Uh and they have a um I think it's H and R's presumptive uh, status. Uh John. Uh they do have uh, uh, they do. Have. Correct me if I'm wrong. They have some on special the list. It's on I, the list. It's on the list.
0: Yeah, right? I, I, I
3: think. Yeah, I think it was on the ship's list uh, right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong on that though, but um, uh, yeah, that was quite a situation. And I always no, think know. of that when I say Peblos. We have a lot of
0: situations like that, bird That. Uh, Hopefully things will get situated and straightened out pretty soon because uh, it's not veterans are really in bad trouble. We only have a few seconds left. Do you want to run it over? No, let's go ahead and shut her down. Jer, why don't you go ahead and close it out, buddy.
2: Okay, uh, thanks you
0: for You've been listening to, to the Hattit.com oh, yeah. Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and enough the opinions of Had dot com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Had dot com, Blog Talk Radio, and the Ask Baster Show.
1: Okay. Uh thank you folks for tuning in. Thank you, John, uh, for being there. And Berta, you too. Uh that was a great show. Uh you guys are just a wealth of information. And uh This will be Gerald Cook uh, with the Had It podcast. We'll be signing off for now.